them to envision someone being in a position of power that has this figure, right? This 27 years old, have not been an educator before. I come at this from a policy and governmental perspective where I've served communities for years in the legislature and at the county commission where I'm a public servant. And this job for all intents and purposes is a policy job. You create policy to run the district and you manage a $3.8 billion budget. So I think that we as Latinas often face hurdles and it's very easy for us to be sidelined, but we can't allow that to happen. We have to come in knowing that the credentials we have from life experience on a resume on paper from whatever it is that makes us who we are will always be enough it just we have to keep pushing to earn that respect and never let anyone take us for granted because latinas are i mean look what we did this election right the, the latina turnout all over the country in philadelphia in pennsylvania in arizona in nevada in central florida in orlando moved the needle and that wasn't alone. We worked with uh, black women who are the backbone of the party and who made sure that the election went a certain way. But we have to take credit for that we are uniting and understanding the writing on the walls. My name is Sandra Noemi Torres, president and founder of United Latinas, an organization we created to make sure that we put more Latinas in positions of leadership and showing up at the table. And I have a wonderful guest today who showed up at the table and is going to share with us some of her insight and her background. And I'm excited to have her with us today, Alexandria Ayala. Welcome, Alexandria. Thank you so much, Andrea. It's wonderful to be here with you today. And I'm so excited to speak with all of you, hear from you, and share anything that may be helpful. Um, as I was mentioning earlier, last night I had the incredible privilege and honor to be uh, sworn into the Palm Beach County School Board as the first Latina to serve on the board. Um, and as you may know, a lot of you watching have children in our school system in Palm Beach County. Um, they, they make up about 37% of the student population. Um, and we, we deserve to have representation. We deserve to have someone who understands that shared life experience. And I'm just thrilled and really just humbled that I could be the one to break this barrier and looking forward to getting a lot of good stuff done and making sure I'm not the last to fill these, these seats. Yes, I love that. Um, so tell us about, um, because this, your, um, the election for your position was done on, is it considered a midterm? It was? It, it's considered a primary election. Um, okay. This is a presidential year. So the midterms are considered when we vote for con Congress, for Senate and races like that, but we don't vote for president. So while this is a presidential year, my race was considered a primary, which occurred on August 18th, uh, actually exactly how many months back, three months back, because today is November 18th. Um, and that those have a lot less turnout, as you can imagine, because there isn't um, a presidential name at the top. There's not big names at the top. And for the presidential here in Florida, we have a presidential preference primary, which many watching may recall they voted in March or received their ballots in March to vote for their presidential choice uh, for the Democratic side or the Republican side or other parties. So that caused a lot of, um, and COVID, you know, how can you campaign in a pandemic and effectively outreach to voters and explain who you are, what you want to do and where you're coming from? So it was, it was complicated, but I'm, I'm, so excited to say that we were able to connect and that the vision that we have for our schools was received so well by the voters in District 2. 
Um, I received 56.24% of the vote, uh, almost 14,000 votes, whereas my opponents received about 2,000 each. So it was a clear mandate that this is the direction that we want our schools to go in and a clear mandate that I think our Hispanic and Latino community is ready to have someone at the table. Yeah, um, absolutely. How did it feel as a Latina running for that or even saying, yeah, I can do this? Well, there, there's a lot of hurdles on that. And I have been in politics pretty much my entire professional career. Um, I went to the University of Central Florida. I graduated from John I. Leonard High School in Green Acres here in Palm Beach County. And I immediately went off to college and I went to study nursing. I re quickly realized that wasn't my path. It wasn't where I was going to fit. And I switched my major second year. And since then, it's been history and I haven't looked back. But this is a space and an industry which is not... Um, it's not ready to accommodate people like me or people like us. It's not a space that is already um, welcoming to folks that are diverse, that are young. Um, there's a lot of hesitation with that. It is a historically a white male business, right? That's what our legislature looks like. That's what our presidents have been for the most part with the exception of President Obama. Um, and it's just, that's what we expect. So there was, there was, and the funny thing is, um, Sandra, that when I was running, I, I ran because I know the community backwards and forwards. When we moved from Puerto Rico, I've lived in Palm Springs for 20 years. I went to three schools within the Palm Springs Green Acres area. And I am passionate about ensuring that students in our county and in our community, and especially our Latino students, have every opportunity to succeed. So that's why I ran. But the thing I found interesting was that the voters in, the, in our community and my neighbors didn't have an issue with me being too young or me being inexperienced or me being Latina. I think that excited them. And I think they were ready for something fresh, someone who comes out from an outside perspective on how to handle problems that we're facing that are so new with everything going on as we face the future of education. The issue was with the insiders, um, with, with, the, you know, with the folks who are in the political space because it is so new to them and it's so strange for them to envision someone being in a position of power that has this figure, right? This 27 years old, have not been an educator before. I come at this from a policy and governmental perspective where I've served communities for years in the legislature and at the county commission, where I'm a public servant. And this job for all intents and purposes is a policy job. You create policy to run the district and you manage a $3.8 billion budget. So I think that we as Latinas often face hurdles and it's very easy for us to be sidelined but we can't allow that to happen. We have to come in knowing that the credentials we have from life experience on a resume on paper, from whatever it is that makes us who we are, will always be enough. It just, we have to keep pushing to earn that respect and never let anyone take us for granted because Latinas are, I mean, look what we did this election, right? The, the Latina turnout all over the country in Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania, in Arizona, in Nevada, in central florida in orlando moved the needle and that wasn't alone we worked with uh black women who are the backbone of the party and who made sure that the election went a certain way but we have to take credit for that we are uniting and understanding the writing on the wall so for me it was challenging but it's nothing that wasn't doable and i had an incredible support system in my family and in my faith and that's such a, a, a truth for so many of us, knowing that we are here charged with a purpose. So I just want to say that if you want to accomplish something, don't let anything get in your way. Don't let anything deter you or anyone tell you you're not good enough. The only one who can decide that is yourself. 
Yeah, I love that. Um, absolutely. You know, and so many women right now are maybe some of them are on the cusp of even deciding, is this something that um, because I think what stops a lot of people is that thing like, ah, what if I fail? All right, never mind. I'll just revert back. And that we have to shift that mindset. Um, did you ever feel like that at any point? You know? Absolutely. Um, I, I, I don't shy away from, I, I by no means want to be just a Hispanic board member or just that I only care about Hispanic Latino children because that is not the case, but I don't shy away from owning the historic nature of this occasion because Palm Beach County is so diverse and because I've grown up here and I went to schools where I was always surrounded by that diversity everywhere I went. So for me, it's so, it's almost unbelievable that it took till 2020 to have a Hispanic board member elected to the board. We did have one that was appointed many years ago and that that was an appointment by the governor that he did not win re-election. So it's not the same where the people decided and the people united to say, this is what we want and this is what we're looking for in our leadership. And I can't tell you how many times and how many situations have been occurring where I'm, I'm facing roadblocks and I have faced harsh criticism and harsh words from people who have intentions of bringing negativity and taking away from this moment and taking away from what was legally rightfully earned by working very hard and by entrusting, getting that trust from the voters and from our community. Um, but you, you can't let that deter you. You have to know that internally you're here with a purpose. You have to know that the people that believe in you and the positive people and the support systems that you have in place are there in your corner. And you know that you have that, that support system around you kind of insulating you. And you also have to know that anytime you do anything new, anytime you're the first, anytime you do something important, and anytime you do something that takes away power and access from someone else, it's never given, it has to be taken. And it has to be taken the right way, but you're never, no one's gonna be waiting around to say, oh, you know, I think you're really great and I've been watching your accomplishments and I think that you would really be great. Here, take this position. Here, take you, why, what do we do when we wanna raise at work? We ask for it because we're worth it and we come in with our credentials of, we've worked for company X years, I've done this, 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 I deserve a raise. What do you do when you want to be in a leadership position in your job, in an organization, on a board on which you serve, on your PTA, whatever it may be? You say, here are my credentials. I'm ready. And I would like the opportunity to serve because I know I can do a great job. We don't sit around waiting for anyone to give us the opportunity. We come in knowing that there's going to be arrows thrown because, again, anytime you try to do something that's not the norm, it's going to happen. But you don't let that. It's like, you know, you're a duck. On the top, they're floating on the water, but under their little paddles are moving along and you don't let anyone see that because more people are excited and happy and looking up to me than the people who are trying to knock us down. And you have to remember that. What do you want a little girl who is in our school system, who is Latina, who has never seen role models that look in that look like her that speak her language in these positions to see to see that we're someone who gets knocked down who do, who takes a no for an answer someone who lets the critics attack us no you want to show that you're strong all of all of us latinas are strong where we come from we're built from strength we are resilient we look at the people of puerto rico where i'm from how many hurricanes earthquakes how many things have we battled an economic crisis we're moving a governor and we get up every single day and we still do what needs to get done so 
that is always the thing at the forefront. What example am I leaving for those looking up to me? Not what are the critics saying? Because the critics are always going to be there. But you're doing something that is more important than that noise. <clears throat> Absolutely. I mean, you articulated that so well, you know, and it's so important. Um, give us a little bit of background on you. Yeah. So like I mentioned, I was born in Puerto Rico in San Germán and I moved to Palm Beach County when I was seven years old. Um, my mom and my dad and I moved here. And at the time, his my dad's sister was living here. So like many uh, families in our community, you need you, you look for someone who can help you navigate the new place you live how to get settled, where you're going to find a place to, to lay your head at night, what your closest grocery store is. You're just trying to figure out the lay of the land. And I attended Palm Springs Elementary School. I attended Palm Springs Middle School, which was Jefferson Davis back when I went for the first couple of years. And I graduated from John A. Leonard High School. Um, I was always one of those uh, students that was involved in as many things as possible. I was in the National Honor Society. I was in the marching band in high school. I was in the chorus. I was in dance. I was very involved and engaged and active from a very early age. And my parents always instilled in me that public servant give back mentality, a community mentality that if you are well and you're doing good, you have a duty and a responsibility to make your community better and to give back. So that was always at an early age. Both of my parents um, were always pe are always people who lead in that in that manner. And when I was 12, uh, my father passed away. That was a very difficult time for our family. Uh, my mom became a single mom at that point, and she was trying to make it work. Right, had a mortgage, had me, had all the expenses from everything that went on from the hospital bills to the to the burial and it was very difficult for our family um so we you know I, I am by no means someone who grew up with with wealth or a lot of opportunity it was always carving out a space and working my way up and working hard enough to deserve everything that i earned um after graduating from high school i went to college at ucf in orlando where i studied i ended up graduating with a political science and journalism studies degree um, in 2015. And while I was in college, I was given the opportunity to work at the Florida House of Representatives uh, for a state member uh, named Victor Torres, who is a Puerto Rican. He's New Eurekan. He used to work at NYPD, member from uh, Orange and Osceola counties in Central Florida, which was just an amazing eye-opening experience. Um, I got to interface directly almost every day, not only with constituents and helping them through their most difficult times, um, which was our main part of our, our responsibility, but I got to deal with state agencies, you know, like DCF and like ACA, who ensure that our most um, vulnerable are protected and have rights and have access to health care, have access to food, have access to a stability in their life. And that really put into focus for me how important policy is, how important the people we elect to write our laws is, because decisions don't just pop out of thin air. Decisions are made in a room in Tallahassee for 60 days every year, and they become laws that we almost abide by. And priorities are decided by who is in those chairs, right? We have 40 senators um, who make those decisions. We have a governor and we have members of the House. So it's it's very, it's just, it's it, it was a mind opening experience being in the Capitol and seeing how that process worked. After that, I was given the opportunity to come down back to Palm Beach and come home, which I enjoyed living in Orlando for five years while I went to school and worked, but there's nothing like Palm Beach County. I love it here. Um, I We have such a rich opportunity, culture, diversity. We are 
a farm community with the biggest agribusiness uh, community in east of the Mississippi. We feed the entire country when they can't grow vegetables during the winter. And we also have some of the best beaches and tourism anywhere in the world. So it's, it's such a diverse, fun place. And I, I was so excited to come back. I worked on a U.S. Senate campaign in 2016, which was a very exciting year. Um, a lot of things happened that I think were novel in the political space. I ran city council campaigns, state house races as a consultant. So I, I have a perspective of being on the other side of being a candidate. How, how is it like for the people helping support that candidate? What things do you need to have in place to run for office, which is something I'd love to discuss as well, because I'm sure there are women watching who I think would be fabulous in public office. And I can help uh, orient all of them with what paperwork you need, what your first step should be and all of that. And then I uh, worked for the Florida Democratic Party, where I was charged with six counties in the state of Florida helping through the midterms, which were in 2018. That gave me an opportunity to travel to Okeechobee County, to St. Lucie County, to Indian River County, counties so different, um, you know, makeup wise from Palm Beach and really understand community, which is a really important thing for me. What makes people tick? What pushes them to get involved? What are their needs, right? In Okeechobee County, they're living a lot different than we do in Palm Beach. It's more rural. They have uh, different kind of lifestyles. And that was really engaging for me to understand a, a bigger picture of how we can better serve our residents. And then I had the opportunity to come and work with the county commissioner in District 4 at Palm Beach County. And I am here uh, doing constituent services, ensuring that he's prepared into every meeting, you know, just co connecting with the community, making sure that our residents have every opportunity to connect with their county government as possible. So and that's where I am now. And then on August 18th, I was elected to be on the school board and the rest is still unwritten. History will still be in the making as we speak. But that's kind of my background professionally. That's my background a little bit personally. And if you have any specific questions about why, how, when, I'm happy to answer those. Yeah, um, all of them. But I like how you you did a lead in into how do we get more Latinas um, in politics? Because well, one thing I find um, also is the lack of civics, civic education, right? Our school system doesn't have that. Um, so how do you feel about that? Well, as you can imagine, um, having studied political science, and it was one of my favorite subjects in school, along with English, I am going to be such a huge advocate for increased civics education, for diverse civics education, and for in a bigger and deeper and actually effective infusion of our Hispanic, Latino, African-American studies, women's studies, LGBT community studies infusion into our into our subjects because i think it's so important to understand history and the folks that were involved in making it happen and there are so many leaders in our hispanic community that you could ask a student in a public school system today and they wouldn't know who you're speaking about and that is so sad because we are not just the things they see on tv we are a lot more than that we are we are people who have changed the course of this country for the better and the special relationship latino communities have with the united states needs to be a big part of how we teach that so that they can see themselves in those positions. But civics education is something that I'm really passionate about because I think folks need to understand the basics often. And I don't fault anyone for it because it's not anything they could have helped. I'll get a call um, from someone in the community looking for help with something that's at the state level, at the city level, at the congressional level, at the federal level. And they don't know who does what, they don't know who, what a 
city commissioner or a county commissioner does. They don't know what their government can do for them. And that is the biggest issue I see in our politics today. If you don't even understand the basics of who does what, what it means for you and how it affects your everyday life and your family, you're very, you're unfortunately susceptible to believing incorrect facts, to believing false uh, fake news as the term has come and being led uh, to vote against your interests and to elect people that will not be looking out for who you are, right? And if I'm looking at me, I'm a young Hispanic woman um, who is, you know, middle income. I'm certainly not on the poverty line, but I'm not doing great. I'm a public servant. We all know what they make. Those salaries are public. And I, I want to make sure I'm voting in folks who keep me in mind when they're making decisions. So it is a huge importance to me. I think we need to do it at every level, elementary, middle, high, and even adult education with community seminars and community opportunity to just come in and say, hi, I'm your blank. I do this. My office is here. Here's why it matters to you. That would be such a huge assistance. And as far as Latinas getting involved in politics, we cannot shy away from it because it's ugly. Politics is not a dirty word. It is not an ugly word. Partisanship is what people don't like, the division, the vitriol, and the hate. And I, I'm really, you know, I'm a moderate. I, I have my views, but I like to be able to talk to everyone. I, I understand there are always deep things we are not going to agree on. And that's okay. We don't have to get into that. You have your views. I have mine. We have reasons for those. We both want to just live our lives, be happy with our families, be successful, and be able to put food on the table. Let's talk about the things we can work out. Let's work together. We need to come back to collaborative politics because there is no policy without politics and there is no change without policy. They're all connected. So I wanna just first encourage us Latinos, we come from countries that have political, just, but just complete madness in our political systems, full of corruption, full of nepotism, full of things never changing, but then taking advantage of the public at every opportunity. And I understand that. Look at Puerto Rico, we're on governor number four. I get it. I know that the public has been turned, has had their back turned on them by the leaders in many of our countries. But this is this is the United States. We are contributing members of this society. We are we are folks who have made significant, indelible contributions to the United States and the fabric of this country. And we deserve to be in positions of power to influence the changes that happen. So I want to not don't don't ask yourself. You know, when you're applying for a job, when you're thinking about running for office, do it with the confidence of a 50 year old white male. Don't question, can I do it? Do I have enough credentials? Look at the people who run for office and tell me that you couldn't do that and do it even better and that you can't bring something unique to the table. You can, don't let it deter you, don't let it distract you. We have to get involved because if we're not at the table, we may be on the menu. And we don't wanna be the ones holding our communities back by not participating. We have to lead the way. Women, what do we do? We do what needs to get done. We carry the load for our families. We, we are, we're wonder women. We do 20 things at once and don't even take a, take a breath. So we need to be the ones leading the way to ensure that our Hispanic community and our Latino communities have a seat at the table to make sure that our families are getting what they need from our government. Yeah. Um, you mentioned so many things that I want to touch on and expand on. Um, we'll try to uh, try to get through them, but, um, the first thing is this um, being in the middle. Like, I think that most of us really are, right? We understand the fact that everybody just wants those basic needs. We wanna take care of our families. We Like, 
I don't understand why there's some, some side that are like, you guys are the complete polar opposite. You want socialism. And I'm like, no, man, we all just want to survive. You know, we want, we have to find a middle ground so that we can all coexist together and thrive. And obviously there are forces that just, no matter how much we try to articulate those facts that they insist, no, you are the enemy, uh, you know, in essence. And I, and I hate that thought process. And I battle with even having those conversations. I don't even have those conversations anymore. You know, someone's going to have a belief system anyway, you know, but I try to understand, I try to help them understand, like, listen, we're, we're on the same page, you know, with exception to those deep, deep things that maybe don't even affect that other person in many instances. So, um, but as far as even um, engaging more Latinas out there, there are some that um, can't, that should be involved. You know, how do we, get women that maybe they're not really ready even to run, but they need the, the process of itself. Like I recently, which how we connected, I took the women on the run program because I want to learn how to support women like you. I want to learn how to support that next Latina. I want to support when you run for the next office because I see <laughs> some great things. So, and, and, you know, I think it's important and this, and the local elections and the, um, the primaries and the midterms, we, not knowing the civics and not knowing what these positions do in our town really is an impediment to us. You know, how can we now until better things are in place? And would that have to be a private organization that maybe puts that together because the government's not going to do anything to make sure that we are educated, correct? Or I would definitely say that it has to be community organizations that care about educating the public. And it could be anything from the Women's Foundation, which do some amazing seminars and workshops. They're having one recently are coming up, I believe on, excuse me, on uh, how to serve in advisory boards. I saw that one coming up, which I speak about all the time because I tell almost everyone I meet, regardless of gender or race or ethnicity, if you wanna run for office, you need to have been serving in your community in some capacity. You can't come out of left field and you've lived there forever, but no one's ever seen you giving back and expect to gain the trust of the community, right? If you're on an advisory board and you, let's say you're running for city council, you're running for state house, you're running for county commission, whatever it may be, if we're staying local and state, um, you want to be able to say, I did a year on my greening board in my city because I care about the environment, or I did a, a, a year on my library board because I care about literature and education for our children. That is not only is it a talking point, but it it teaches you things that you didn't know before because you get to interact with staff, you get to interact with the day-to-day -day operations of what it takes to run a program, a department and a city. And that gives you invaluable uh, insight on how to be able to do the job you're running to want to do. So that's always my biggest recommendation. I would talk about Women's Foundation, the League of Women Voters of Florida and of Palm Beach County. They could be, they're a nonpartisan, um, organization that's existed for a hundred years that is providing information to the community on how to vote, how to vote by mail, how to make sure their vote is counted. They helped um, the returning citizens amendment go through and make sure that our returning citizens were informed on how to vote in this election through all the obstacles and barriers. So an organization like that, even local organizations, do you have a, you know, a community book club? Do you have a chamber? Do you have something, I mean, it's, it would be a nonpartisan bring, if it makes them feel better, if our elected is one party or another and it makes them feel better, they can bring in nonpartisan electeds or they can bring in one from each. So that way everyone's comfortable and it's just about, here's who 
I am and here's the position that I'm in. Here's what it does. Here's what it can do. And that can be initiated. That's an incredible opportunity for someone watching or for you or for me or for anyone to get involved and be the leaders to be able to provide that next step. Because you're absolutely right. Without education on what we're doing, how can we do it to the best of our ability? You mm -hmm. can't vote for folks that you think will represent your best interest if you don't even know what they're going to be doing. What do they affect? Does your, does your city person control your water or your roads or is that the state? Does the federal government control your taxes or this or that? Or is that a state thing? I mean, it, you have to understand the layers of who is under what jurisdiction to know how to be able to participate. So I would encourage anyone here listening to take the lead um, on how to get this done. I will gladly help connect you with anyone who will do it, participate even and just, or be a silent uh, participant in the audience because I believe in it so strongly that we need to be doing as, many, as much as we can to provide resources on this topic. Me too. Um, I love that. So, and I love that you advise that, you know, get involved with little things, you know, start having these conversations. I think that that's the most important part is, or the, the first step, because we need to, we need to keep going after that, but having those conversations that who, who are your local electives? Who, who, when do you vote for them? Yeah. You know, when is the next election? You know what was happening a lot, and I'll, I'll let you finish, but I want to bring this up before I forget. During the whole pandemic and the mask debate at the Palm Beach County Commission, which I'm sure everyone saw because the video went viral internationally, when public speakers were coming up against the, the mask mandate. Do you remember that one? Mm -hmm. So everyone was freaking out, asking us, how can I vote out the county administrator, Virginia Baker, or how can I vote out the Department of Health Director Alina Alonso. And it's like, they're not elected. Those are their jobs. You can't vote them out. They didn't understand if mayor was elected or not. I mean, things as simple as that. And I'm not judging them for that. Again, there is resources you can use to do a little digging, but also we could take it upon ourselves to make sure that folks understand every single piece in the process. And that was something that stuck out to me because many people didn't know that during an emergency order from the state, county administrators get control of emergency orders and they're the incident the incident commander. So the county administrator, who is someone who is not elected, but she's a wonderful woman who does an incredible job running this county, gets the ability because she is qualified to do so to run the county how she sees fit in emergency situations, which we've been in since March. So folks don't know that though. So the decisions being made with the orders being put out and restaurants closing at 10 or at nine or no dining or mass mandate, those are not voted on or approved every time by the commission. They're orders that Virginia writes with the attorney and they are now law because we're in an emergency situation. But that's critical information to know before you call a county commissioner's office to read them out for something that they didn't vote on that is out of their hands and for all intents and purposes. And maybe they agreed with it, maybe they didn't but that's what it is because she is the incident commander. So that's just one example of something that we could work on to educate folks on their local governance and making sure that they're aware of who does what so they can put out their passions in the appropriate manner. <clears throat> yeah, so how long is your term? That's it's four years, it okay. started last night and it goes until November, 2024. Awesome, it's so exciting. Um, so when is the next, the me next midterms are 2022, right? Correct. That, yep. And who do we vote for in that election? Is it, our, is, are there some seats that are up and some that aren't? Cause it's. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. Most boards stagger. 
So depending on which municipality you live in within Palm Beach County, you may have local races. I live in the village of Palm Springs, and I believe one or two seats will be up for, for re-election. I know school board seats, four of them out of the seven will be on the ballot, um, districts three, four, six, and seven. Uh, I know that our state house, our state house representatives in the Florida House of Representatives, they come up every two years. So they'll be on the ballot as well, your state house rep. I live in District 87. We have, you know, various folks around. Um, our Senate seats come up every uh, four years, so they will stagger. Some of them may be up. I think that uh, Lori Berman will be up, who is my uh, state senator in District 31. Uh, county commissioners come up again, I believe, because there, there are some that, yep, my boss comes up. There are two... Two or three, I think two, two county commission seats that come up. That's District 4 and District 2, which is uh, Southeast Palm Beach County and West Palm area, Palm Beach County. Those two seats come up. So, I mean, there's so much that's going to be on the ballot. I, I just want to reiterate and stress that no election is silly enough to miss. None. I don't care if it's a special election. I don't care if it's for special districts. I don't care if it's primary, prince, uh, preference, presidential preference primary, general election, local election. Don't miss any of them. I am a super voter and I'm a proud super voter. I vote in every single election. I'm signed up for vote by mail. So that way I get my ballot in the mail before the election and I can choose to either fill it out and put it in the mail or drop it off. Or I can choose to not use that one and come in person and vote. But it's a plan B. It is a plan B and it's a reminder because you get that ballot in the mail. Oh, there's an election. Let me look at it. Let me do some research on the candidate. So I also encourage everyone there has been no fraud detected in vote by mail. So until I see a, a real credible case of fraud, I'm not going to say it's not safe. I have full faith and trust in our local elections officer, Wendy Link, our supervisor of elections, ran an incredible campaign cycle. And if you were at the polls, you saw the boxes to drop off your vote by mail ballot, the vans to give it to someone in person, the bags to put it in the slot. You saw how how much cleaning was being done you got your own pen you saw the poll workers safe and covered with ppe she did an incredible job her office and her team did an incredible job so i encourage everyone register for vote by mail so you get that reminder you have that contingency plan you don't want to be waiting because we have two weeks of early voting and even then people end up waiting till election day and if something comes up and there's an emergency you don't want to be stuck without options so you want to vote in every election. So you go to register to vote florida.gov. In two minutes, you put in your information. You can sign up for vote by mail and you'll be good to go. Alexandria, it's been such a pleasure having you. I'm so grateful for all the information that you shared. Um, is there one last thing you want to share as far as like, what is your next? Well, you just started this step, you know, but what is your big vision? What do you want to see? My big vision is making Palm Beach County comfortable with the idea of new, of change, of acceptance, of diversity, and of collaboration. Um, I'm a big fan of changing with the times. I think none of us think the same way we did three years ago, maybe even two. We change, we evolve, and we grow. And I am also really, really hoping that my um, tenure on the board and my candidacy and my victory i want it to be shared by every member of our community um, i want it to be seen as an accomplishment for all of us and i want it to be very clear that i'm doing this for all of the young boys and girls 
from our community to know that they can do it too. So that is a big vision for me, encouraging more civic engagement from our Latino community, especially our young students who are our future and who are gonna be changing the world by the time that I'm already you know, in my 60s, they'll be the ones holding the reins and I can't wait to see that, but we need to make sure that we make spaces comfortable for them and welcoming for them and that we are not putting up additional barriers. Um, and I really quickly, I wanna just bring up something that's been going on at the district that has been concerning to me and I wanna make it known that I will be digging into it further just to make how to make sure we don't let this happen again. Recently, um, the Department of Justice did an investigation and discovered, unfortunately, discriminatory hiring practices for members of our Hispanic community who are immigrants to make sure that um, they, they were they were being uh, they were being asked to give not required but how would I say it um, unnecessary unrequired documents to prove their residency in the United States and the the district was able to settle and the previous board handled this matter I will not be voting on it and it's been handled but it hasn't been handled because I have heard one too many stories of our Hispanic teachers, our Hispanic staff members and employees and our Hispanic students and families who have felt the cold shoulder. And that's not that something that is okay with me in any way. So I will be working on issues like that. When anything comes up that is inhibiting the right and the, the ability for our community to succeed in this district, I will be bringing light to it and making sure that we never let it happen again just like the situation with Principal Lotson in Spanish River High. We've all watched that play out in the news for a year now, almost two years now. That handling, I'm not gonna comment on, but I think that that is not something we should let become the norm. I think that there are plenty of opportunities to be proactive, to make sure that our voices are being heard and to connect with the community to make sure that this doesn't happen again. So, and anyone can look it up, look up Department of Justice investigation. The Post did an article about it a couple of weeks ago. Um, when they voted on on consent agenda to make sure that the settlement passed through. But that's something that's an example of something that we are seeing happen in this day and age against Hispanic immigrant applicants to our district. Um, so whatever happened there, I can't comment given that I wasn't involved in that vote or involved in the district at the time that it was ongoing. And it's still a, maybe a pending investigation, but I, I will be digging into it to make sure that doesn't happen again. And I'm gonna need everyone watching and everyone in the community to be supportive of what I'm trying to accomplish for all of us as a community. And that's the truth. So I just um, hope I make you proud. Never hesitate to reach out to me. Um, my official email and phone number should be working within the next week. It's it's on the website, but it's not um, functioning. So just give me some time to get settled and become official, but reach out anytime. My door and my phone lines are always open. And I just look forward to making some positive change for our community in Palm Beach County. I feel so hopeful just listening to you and knowing that you are on the board in this county. So I'm so grateful to have you. I definitely want to have you again because I think these conversations need to be had not just once, but we need to keep bringing them to the table. Yeah, and keep bringing up. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for having me, Sandra. It was wonderful to see you and congratulations, 2020 graduate of Women on the Run. I'm really excited that you were participating in the program. Um, I hope that I encouraged folks to look into getting involved and I hope to talk to you soon. And I hope that I hear soon that someone wants to do an educational session on what government officials do. I'd be happy to participate. Done. I, I want to do one. So <laughs> we need to have one, you know, especially for this group. So awesome. Thank Gracias, you so much. Sandra. Huh? Gracias, Sandra. Sí, cuídate. We'll sí. talk soon.
Take care. Thank you so much. And thank you for watching Women Wednesday. Catch us next week.